those people watching um, via YouTube, listening via podcast, good morning. It's good that you switched on. It's good that you're online. And I pray that God will speak to you this morning. For those who are here, you should know this is the seventh week of the subject, the creative prosperity principles of which I'm looking at the subject of investment. What a subject. As soon as I mention investment, what, does you, what do you think? Money. Financial institutions, the banking sector, the stock market, stocks and shares. Boris Johnson has just won the election, so the pound has risen in value against the dollar and the euro, which is a good thing in my opinion. <clears throat> and that's what we think about. First thing we think about investment. But I'm going to upset all of you this morning because I'm not, a, I'm not your financial advisor. So I'm not going to talk about financial investment at all. In fact, I'm probably going to burst your bubble, if I dare make that phrase, on what this investment that I'm going to speak about is all about. Because, dare I say this, the church has been caught up in the same spirit that controls the world. And that is the spirit of materialism. Pastor Moses, two weeks ago, spoke about giving unto Caesar, which was very good. Pity it wasn't a little bit longer, but that was the circumstances of the day. But I'm not talking about financial investment, because I watch the church, and I see the church caught up in materialism. What we can get, how much money we've got, what type of car we drive, what clothes we wear, what shoes we have. You know, I, me and my wife lived in South Africa, so I know what the, the African people were like. They love shoes. <laughs> there we go. You laugh. They love their shoes. The, the sparklier, the better. You know, for the ladies, the higher the heel, the more awkward they walk, but they still like the shoes. But I'm not talking about those type of things. You know, we're obsessed with the latest phone. You know, we pay £600 for, or £1,000 for an iPhone 11. Thank God I'm still on the iPhone 7. It still works. I've had it for five years. It's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. But those are the things that we, that I believe the church has been caught up in. You know, quite often, whether we actually say this, we, get, we, we think that... Because we are blessed, we will automatically be rich. Show me somewhere in this book where it says that. There is nowhere in the Bible that it says, because you are blessed, you will automatically be wealthy. And yet, that is what subconsciously we believe in church. I follow God, I will have my Mercedes. Sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a Mercedes. But if you gave me yours, I would sell it. <laughs> That's why I don't have one. But there's nothing wrong with those things. Nothing wrong with having material things. So don't hear what I've not said. I've not said it's wrong. It's not, I've not said it's wrong to wear nice expensive clothes and have an expensive phone and live in a big house and drive a nice car. I've not said that. But what I am saying is we are obsessed with what we can get 
Investing, and I'm jumping the gun slightly, is all about what we give, not what we get. And yet most of us come to church in order to get. Was Pastor David any good today? No, he went on a bit too long. I didn't understand him. I didn't get anything out of the message. We've come to, I didn't like the songs the, the worship team sang. They were too loud, they were too slow, they were too fast. They, went, they repeated them too many times. They, they started to sing before, the, before Job started on the keyboard. They, they sang in the wrong key. They missed it. What's it to do with you? You're glad you came. I'm ready this morning. I've, I've, been, I've been preaching a lot. I've been preaching a lot, ladies. So I'm in preaching mode. I leave here. I'll go out again this evening. So I'm in, I'm in challenging mode. It doesn't say anywhere that if we are blessed, and we are, that automatically means we become rich financially. It does not. The Bible says we are blessed, yes. What does that word mean? It means we are empowered to prosper. What does prosperity there? Does that mean to have lots of money? Prosperity is to have everything you need in any given situation with enough to give to other people. I was going shopping. My wife doesn't like food shopping, so I have to go food shopping. Well, I don't have to. I actually enjoy it. I know that's quite sad for a man, but I do like walking around Asda and Sainsbury's. It's, I don't know, it's, there's something satisfying for me. I, it's weird. It must be my mother's fault. But it's, there's something, something satisfying. And I was walking around Asda, okay, and in true BBC style, there were all the shops that you can go to. But I was, I was in a shop Tuesday, and it was absolutely hammering it down of rain. And there was a man sat on the floor under a pillar in a sleeping bag, absolutely soaked from head to foot. And I got my pound, got my trolley, and I ran in the shop because I didn't want to get wet. And then I was going to complain because the trolley was wet. And I wanted a towel to dry the, the trolley. And I stood there, and I, and I turned around because the man was right by the entrance. And I thought, you, how, how on earth can you go shopping when he sat there soaking wet? Now, I didn't have much money in my pocket, and the money I had, I needed, actually. But you know, something in me, Spirit of God, I went back as everybody else was walking past, and I gave him some money. Now, we're always told, don't do that because he may buy drugs. I don't know. I can't judge him. And I'm not saying this to, to say, look how good I am, because I'm not really bothered what you think, actually. Sorry. But I did it because there's a man soaking wet in a sleeping bag, and it was raining heavy on Tuesday, very heavy. And I thought, you know, whatever I have, God has blessed me so that I can give to somebody else. And yet, he looked at me with, with what I gave him. He looked at me as I would say, are you serious? And I just said, that's for you. And he looked at me like, double take, why did you give me that for? Because you're soaking wet and you've got nowhere to live. And the sleeping bag that you have is soaking wet. Prosperity is so that we have enough, but we have enough to give away. Mother Teresa was poor. 
But how many lives did she change? Because she had more than enough for herself, but she was willing to give away everything she had. Nelson Mandela was in prison. He had nothing. He lost everything. Was he poor? You have a missionary overseas. And I've been one. And not every missionary that is overseas has support. So this missionary overseas has little money. So you're telling me they're out of God's will? Because we're, we're blessed as Christians, aren't we? Therefore, we should be wealthy. We should be rich. So if you're not rich, that means you are not blessed. That's not true. We cannot judge how, how rich we are by the money we have and the car that we drive and the house that we live in and the clothes that we wear. You know, one day I'm going to do this and my wife will probably dread the day that I do this. But I'm going to turn up to churches, unshaven, smelly, in really horrible clothes and come and sit at the front of church just to see the reaction of the people in the church. I was in a church and I was preaching in a church a few weeks ago. My wife, yeah, you were there. A few weeks ago, just before I got up to preach, a really scruffy, I would say a homeless man came in the building. And he walked in the entrance and he could see one of the elders jumped up, talked with him, ushered him out the church and locked the door. And then as he introduced me, said, he was, we locked the door so he couldn't come back and disturb us and be a nuisance. And yet the person who was leading the service had prayed 10 minutes before that God would bring revival. Think. We look at that person and we make a judgment. We look at other people who wear clothes that are different to ours and make a judgment. You know, I love when I meet certain people, especially pastors. You meet a pastor and the first thing they say to you is, how big is your church? Is mine bigger than yours? And I was going to say that's a typical male, but that wouldn't be appropriate, would it? But I'll say it anyway. We are obsessed with if we have, we're blessed. And that is, that is not found in the Bible. Now God blesses you and he brings increase. But you cannot say that if, you, if you're not living in that increase, you are not blessed. It doesn't work that way. Now, let's go to Galatians. The book of Galatians. And I've only just started. I haven't even got to my message. This is just a very long introduction. Galatians chapter 6. Verses, I'll start with verse 6 through verse 10. Let him who is taught the word... Starting with verse 6, guys. Let him who taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore... As we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to the household of faith. Now, how many of us here have heard that verse, those verses, by people 
to twist your arm to give in an offering. I'm sorry to say this, I've got nothing to do with an offering. And it really shouldn't be used. You can use those words, but one thing I learned at Bible college, you have to put things in the context of the, of the book. And the context of the book and the previous chapters has got nothing to do with give us your money on a Sunday. It doesn't. Now, if you go to chapter 5, and let me just bring some context to this so we understand what this is talking about. Um, chapter 5. I'm not going to read it, but the first part of chapter 5 speaks about the liberty that a Christian has in Christ. With love being the fulfilment of the law. Okay? So as Christians, we are free from works. Love is a fulfillment. The second part of the chapter speaks about walking in the Spirit. Now, we see in the Bible, there's a from verse 26 of chapter 5, there's a break into chapter 6. Go to the original text, there's no, there's no break. So we continue reading, walking in the Spirit, that section from verse 16, through chapter 6. And if we carry on reading through chapter 6, it starts speaking about, well, let me explain. It's got nothing to do with money. We go from walking in the spirit to not fulfilling the lust of the flesh to allowing the fruit of the spirit at the end of chapter 5 to be demonstrated in our lives to then speaking about living in the spirit so that, our, so that we walk in the spirit. Then he speaks about restoring gentleness into our lives which is a fruit of the spirit. Then he speaks about bearing one another's burdens then it goes into, don't be deceived, what you sow, you reap. I don't see anything there about giving me your money on a Sunday. What I, what I see is that he's speaking about how we live our life. We can either sow, and that word sow is investing, but I'll get there in a minute. What we sow, we can either sow into the Spirit and walk it in the Holy Spirit in our lives, or we can make a choice and walk according to the flesh. God will not be mocked. Don't be deceived. What you sow, you reap. In other words, if you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life. If you sow to the flesh, you reap death. That's the context of those verses in chapter 6. It speaks about what you sow with your life, what you do, what you do with your life. And what you don't do with your life. Do you want life? You know, he says in the Old Testament, you know, when, uh, when God spoke to Joshua, I think it was, about there's life and death before you. Therefore, choose life. In other words, you're, you're thick enough to choose death. So I'm going to tell you to choose life. The same principle here. He's talking about walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh. We have a choice as born-again believers, what do we do? We've spoken about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of walking in the Spirit. What is the fruit of walking in the flesh? Adultery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, dissension. Sounds like church, doesn't it? 
Come on, I've been, I've been born again for 33 years. I've been in church since the day I was born, 50 years ago. I know what, I've spoken to Pastor David and we've spoken together. I know what church is like. I've seen all those things in church. Born again believers living out of the flesh and not living out of the spirit. And yet we come to church in our fancy clothes with our nice cars, putting on a front so that everybody thinks we're good. And yet we live like the devil when we walk out the door. But there's nobody here like that, is there? Nobody here. Do you like the challenge? I've only just started. It gets better. It gets better. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Why does it say that? Because you know what? There are times when we choose we have we're excited we want to we want to follow God's leading we want to do what God says we want to be a good Christian and then somebody cuts us up in the car and you want to get out and punch their face but there's nobody here like that only me we have a choice do we sow to the spirit or do we sow to the flesh will he bring life to us or will he bring death to us and we, every day we have that choice with our families, if, you, if, if you're a parent of teenage children, you understand 100% what I mean. If your children are long, young, you've got an exciting few years ahead of you. Because when you've got teenagers in your house, why do you think I've got grey hair? <laughs> and that's true, I used to have dark hair, darker hair until, until my oldest was born. And it all went grey. We have a choice of walking in the spirit. Now, I believe we need to be teaching people correctly. Now, what is investment? Let me get round to the message that I'm supposed to be speaking on. What is investment? Now, if you look in any dictionary, they always speak about money. There is nothing else in the dictionary under the definition of investment that doesn't refer to anything other than money. Investment is the act of putting time, effort or resources into something to make a profit or to gain an advantage. The act of putting time, effort or resources into something to make a profit or gain an advantage. So what we sow, we reap. So where we invest our time, our gifting, we reap accordingly. What we sow, we reap. What we invest, we will get a return on. Now, I left, I left college as the top of the college in economics and law and all those type of subjects. I was, I was, I was a good boy back then. I still am, but I, was, I, was a, I enjoyed the subjects. And I wanted to go... Well, I was going to go to the London School of Economics. I was that good. Go to the London School of Economics. God spoke to me from Proverbs chapter 2 that we're going to go to in a moment. And he said, I don't want you to become anything by going to the, the LSE, London School of Economics. And God spoke to me from Proverbs 2 when I was 18 years of age. 
and said, this is the way I want you to walk. And I've never preached on that verse, on these verses ever. I just never have, but I do today. Proverbs 2. What we invest our time in, we will definitely get a, a return on. To invest into it is to acquire something with the expectation of a return. We allocate resources with the expectation of future benefits. Every investment requires a return. That's why you hear about the, 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 the phrase, what's the return on your investment? What's the return on your investment? What are you going to get out of what you're putting in? What are you going to get out of what you put in? Now, let me go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, I haven't got two Proverbs 2 yet. I've got a bit of a detour before I get there. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we think if I look at someone's treasure, it will show me what's in their heart. I'm going to put it, a diff- I'm, I'm going to spin it on its head. If I look at your heart, I will know what your treasure will be. In other words, what's important to you? What's important to you? Now, again, I'm not saying, say down here what I've not said, I'm not saying studying, having a good job, or they think there is anything wrong with any of that. Not at all. Not at all. But I am going to question people's motive behind all of that. Where your heart is, what, what is important to you? Because you know what? What, whatever is important to you is where you will put your time, where you will put your money, and where you will put your gifting and your talents. So if you like to go dancing every night of the week, I know for a fact that is important to you because that's where you put your time. You can tell me otherwise, I don't believe you. If you always have to have the most expensive highest technologically developed mobile phone, don't tell me that you're not bothered about technology because that's important to you because you've just spent your money for that. So if you don't come to church and they say that church is important, you're a liar. Because if it was important to you, you would be here. And let me... Let me Speak about the elephant in the room that Pastor David mentions. He hasn't done for a short while. Timekeeping. If timekeeping was important to you, you'd be on time. If you turn up late, timekeeping is not important to you. But I say this all the time and you can throw something at me if you want to. If you worked for me, you'd be sacked. Happy birthday to me. Wherever we put our time, wherever we put our talent, that is what's important to us. And again, I'm not questioning what a person does. I'm not saying what you're doing is right or wrong. I'm not not saying that. That is up to you, what you do with your time 
and what you do with your gifting and what you do with, with the resources you have. That's not for me to judge. But it just, it, it identifies as an observer what is important to you, irrespective of what you say. So, let's go to Matthew 19. Matthew 19, verse 16. Jesus speaks to the rich young ruler. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness. Honey your mother and father, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, or if you want to know God's ways, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, so come and follow me. When the young man heard, the, that, heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, that young man, I don't know the age of him, but he says young, so I'm going to say he's under 30. That young man was wealthy. He was obviously successful. Otherwise, he wouldn't have wealth. He was good at whatever he did. But he was missing something. And that something is what I'm going to ask you the, uh, the same question. Jesus challenged him about his desire for wealth. And he said... Give everything you have away. And you will have treasure in heaven. The young man heard that and was sorrowful. He was upset. He was troubled. And he walked away. You know, we will give out of what we've got. Because you can't give what you don't have. But are we willing to give away everything that we have? So your nice car that's on the drive, on the car park, let's give it away. All the clothes that you've spent your money on, give them away. The house that you've, you've tried hard to buy, give it away. You'd look at me like I was from a different planet. But that's, what, that's, the, that's the, the commitment that Jesus is asking from this young man. And yet we come to church to get... And Jesus says, give. Don't give your 10 pounds. Don't give your 20. You know what? Empty your bank account and give it all. I can't do that. I work hard for all that. Give it away. Give your car away. Happy Christmas. I need a new car. No, I'm only joking. Give your car away. Give your house away. Empty your bank account. And follow Christ. That's a bit extreme, isn't it? You know? I'll, I'll, I will give a little bit. You know, because that will, that will pacify me. I will give some. You know, I'll give a little bit to the building. <clears throat> I will give a little bit. You know, that, yeah, don't push it now. I've worked hard for this. I've worked hard, you know. Do we follow Christ for monetary gain? What's your motive? 
Well, I want, you know, when we follow Christ, God, God increases. He gives us increase. You know, he blesses us. And we See, it's all about what we get. It's all about what we get. Get, 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 get. What can I get? I want a bigger house. I want a promotion. I want better this, more of this and more of this. That materialistic spirit that's in the church has invaded Christians' lives. Are we willing to give it all and say, you know what? I trust you that much that I will give it because no matter what I give, you will take care of me. Are we as Christians willing to do that? Now, I'm not just talking financially here. I'm talking of your gifting, your talents, your time. All these things, everything that makes you as a person. Are you willing to do that? I was in my 20s, Jenny can remember. And for three, three years on the trot, on the row, I gave up Christmas. So I went to Birmingham City Mission, if you've heard of Birmingham City Mission, in the middle of Birmingham, that's a homeless charity. And for the, for the period leading up to Christmas, through Christmas, I went and served meals for the homeless. And I just went and hoped. So I, I arranged for quite a few people from the church to go also. So that we could go, not to judge and criticise, but we could just go to give. Which meant we gave up our Christmas day, we gave up our holiday, we gave up everything. And I remember like five o'clock Christmas morning, I'm being picked up by Sheila, this old lady. And she was taking me to Birmingham City Mission to peel potatoes and do some Brussels sprouts to get food ready for these people who've got nowhere to live. <clears throat> just, a, just a little example, but, I, but I, will, I was willing to give. Now, to me, I like Christmas. You know, I, it's just one of those, for me, a, a nice time of the year. On one hand, it's obviously the time we remember when Christ was born. Secondly, so the two together is a great time for me. But I was willing to give up. And I only said to my oldest daughter this week, I said, Emilia, and I told her about the time we went, well, I was before they were born. And I said to her, I said, you know, the time has come when, we, when I need to take you three, you know, give up yeah, Christmas so that we can see and experience Christmas for these people who don't have anything. Because you know what? It's going to do you good. And she just looked at me like I was on a different planet as a 17-year-old would. <laughs> You, you've lost the plot, Dad. But the point is, we're not Christians to get. We are Christians to give. And what are we prepared to give? That is my question. I'm still on the introduction, by the way. <laughs> and I've just seen the time. Oh, dear. Let me get a move on. What are you doing with your life? <clears throat> so let me ask the question, how do you invest in, in your life. What do you sow? What are you sowing with your life? What are you giving with your life? Let's go to Matthew 6.33. Pastor Lola mentioned this a few weeks ago when she spoke. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. You know, our focus is on all these things. Our focus isn't on seek the kingdom of God. We think, well, you know what, I'll turn up, I'll sing in church, and I'll serve, and I'll do a little bit, because I'm seeking the kingdom of God. And that means all these things will be added to me. 
I'm going to question your motive. Because we don't serve in church or sing in the team to get all these things. The, all these things are just a consequence to what we do. We don't have to worry about all these things. They take care of themselves. What God is asking is, seek first the kingdom of God. And God will take care of all these things. Again, as materialistic people at times, we focus on all these things because we need to get. Well, you don't know my situation. I don't have a lot. No wonder you don't have a lot because you never give anything. What do we invest in? I'll be as quick as I can because I know my time is virtually gone. It has gone. Whom do we trust? Who do we trust? Do we honestly trust that Jesus will do what he said he will do? Do we honestly believe that when Jesus says he'll take care of you and he'll provide for you and he'll do all these things that he actually will? Because if we don't believe that, we will live a life that doesn't give to people. If we believe that God will take care of us, we will give. Because quite often when God requires us to give, he asks us to give out of our own need. I remember some years ago in a business that I run, it was going through a tough period of time. And I remember in Bristol, sat in the house and he was like, God, what about, you know, what, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. And he says, I want you to give two lots of money away. Two lots of 500 pounds, 500, 500, to do to two different people. And I'm like, I ain't got that. And he says, do you trust me? Well, I thought, well, I've got nothing anyway, so I might as well do it. So I gave to this one man who ran the, this organisation, and I gave to somebody else. And I'm not just, now this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme, so don't think, well, I'll do the same, and everything just automatically changes. Not at all. In that situation, I gave. Within two weeks, I was selling like you wouldn't believe. I used to sell musical instruments, my own business. I imported from China. So I'd sell saxophones, drums, guitars, bass guitars, all sorts of keyboards, violins, everything. The business turned around within two weeks. And yet, so it's like, oh, that's good. I like that story. I'll do the same. And yet, I've been in a similar situation when God has said, I want you to give X. So I've given it. And you know what? Absolutely nothing has happened. It's not a get rich quick quick scheme. God says, will you seek first my kingdom? Will you obey what I say? Will you do what I say? I'll take care of everything else. So sometimes our obedience to God is just, I'll just do what you say. Some of us, we argue and we question too much. If I say this in a polite way, just do as you're told. That's the, that's the best way to put it. Just do as you're told. What God says, you do. I could have easily not helped that homeless man. Because I, was, I got a time window because of my daughter. And I, was, I got to get in, get out and get and fetch her up, uh, uh, pick her up. But, you know, I was prompted by God, so I said, you know, you know what, I'm, for the sake of a couple of minutes, let me go to this man and help him. And you'll find that God will prompt you 
many times, what do you do when the Spirit of God speaks to you? Do you ignore him? Or do you do what he says? Now, can I have five minutes, please? Yes, okay. That may be ten, but I'll ask for five. I'll, I'll ask forgiveness for the other five. <clears throat> A wealthy businessman was asked, how much money do you invest in your company to make it successful? And the wealthy businessman said, nothing. I don't invest in my company, in the company at all. Well, how does he get so successful? He said, because the investment that I invest is in myself. I don't invest in the business at all. I invest in myself. Because he knew that when he'd improved himself and grown himself and developed himself, the business would be being run better. And I say this to many pastors and, 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 and leaders. You have a church of 20 people. Your current state, your current mindset is such that you've, you are, you are, you are, your mindset is only worth 20 people. If you want 120, you have to grow yourself and develop your mind and develop your gifting and be a better pastor and a better leader. If you fail to do that, you will always stick with 20 people. And I don't care if you fast and pray till you turn green. Because Jesus said, I, can only, I cannot do certain things because of their unbelief. If, if people, if we don't invest in ourselves and develop who we are, we will never grow and our situation that we live in will never change. Now let me just ask you this. Have you seen on TV those people who win the lottery? And they win millions and millions. Most of those people within six months are bankrupt. Why? Because they may have been given a lot of money, but they don't know how to steward the money. Do you think God is going to entrust a million pounds to you if you can't look after the 20 pounds in your pocket? Because these people are just handed several million and within six months it's gone. They're bankrupt. My, my suggestion to everybody here this morning is if you want to grow in whatever form that takes for you personally, you've got to develop yourself. You've got to develop your mindset. You've got to change the, you know, we have a lot of limiting beliefs that we don't even know that we have. Because if we knew that we had them, we wouldn't have them. And these limiting beliefs stop us. You know, I have a friend who stutters. I stuttered, and I stuttered until I was in my 30s. But God spoke to me through Ron Bonkey that I would travel the world and teach his people. You can't do that if you stutter. Now, I know people who, who say, hmm, I can't do that, I stutter. And you know what? 30 odd years later, they still stutter. I got a hold of what God said, and I thought, well, if that's the case, I've got to learn. I've got to grow. My dad thought I was bonkers. Because every day I'd be reading, studying, 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 every day of every week. That's what I did at 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Then we went to Bible college. That is all I did. Why? Because I, I saw the value of investing in who I was because I knew what my future was going to be. So I look at you and say, what is your 2020 going to be like? For some of you, it's going to be exactly the same as 2019. 
because you're not going to grow and change at all. But if you want to have a, a different year in 2020, you've got to do something different today. Yeah? Some of you don't look convinced. That's fine. Now let's turn to Proverbs 2. And with this, I will finish. Proverbs 2. Apologies that I'm going on. I knew I had a lot to say. Pastor Lola read Proverbs 2 from verse 1 to 22. Now I just want to vote, focus on verses 1 to 7. If you receive my words, treasure my commands, incline your ear to wisdom, apply your heart to understanding, cry out for discernment, lift up your voice for understanding, seek of silver, search for hers for hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Whatever. Now let, let me just put that, because I, when I was younger, I had no clue what that meant. It sounded good, but I hadn't got a clue what really that, what, what that was going on. So let me put it in my own paraphrase for you. My son, if you acquire as a gift to you what I have to say, and if you carefully keep and obey my orders to you, verse 2, and you are, and you are willing to listen to my perspective and my judgment and my insight, being intentional to interpret, comprehend and absorb understanding, if you will cry loudly, because you want sound judgment. And if you get louder, second half of verse three, and get louder and louder and louder and become more vocal for my perspective and my judgment. If you look carefully for, for, for something of value, you will comprehend the awesomeness of God and discover and it will be revealed to you my ways. All of that requires time. All of that requires energy. And you know, again, I come to your house, I, will, I can see what you do with your time because of the, the amount of time you spend on the phone and the amount of time that you spend watching TV. And for some of you, how much time you sleep. What adjustments are we gonna make? Like I said at the beginning, this investment had nothing to do with money. This investment that I'm now looking at is what are we going to do with our life? How are we going to approach life differently? What we sow, we reap. What we invest with our time, what we invest with our gifting, what we invest with our money, we are going to reap either life or death. You continue doing the same things, you're going to continue getting the same results. And you know something? I've lost a lot of friends over these last three or four years because they don't want to be on the same journey of learning and growing. And yet, people like your pastor, Pastor David, comes into my life. We have the same spirit. He wants to learn, wants to grow all the time. You talk to him, he's always learning, he's always growing, he's always reading, always, 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 always. How many books have you read? How many books have you read that will challenge who you are and help you learn and grow? It's an investment. You know, we have an opportunity as we leave 2019 and go into 2020, we have an opportunity to make some changes in our life, to position ourselves so that as we enter a new year, we're going to get different results. 
but it's a choice that we have to make. Please be my guest, do the same thing, carry on doing it, but don't complain when nothing changes. If you want a different circumstance in your life, do things differently. The principle of investment is this, to use our time, our gifting and resources to obtain a return on our investment that is in line with God's heart for each one of us. What has God said to you? You need to be prepared today for the opportunity that's coming in the future. That is the investment you, start, you need to start to look at more, more intently, more intentionally. Get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. Learn, develop, grow. Because when that opportunity presents itself to you, and it will come, when the opportunity presents itself to you, if you're not ready, you're in trouble. To invest in the wrong things, we reap the wrong things. To invest in the correct things takes faith that God will be true to his word and honour our commitment to the kingdom of God. There's many things that I've given up or I've had to walk away from or I've had to choose not to do over the years and everything in me wanted to do. You know, when God said to me when I was 18, do not go to the London School of Economics, you don't know how that bothered me because I'm, I'm going and I'm going to earn a fortune and I'm going to be, be yeah, because I'm good and I was good I wouldn't be the best in my college if I wasn't any good I was miles ahead of everybody and God says no don't go you're having a laugh at you don't go he said now there's a different path for you completely different path and you know that probably took me six or seven years really to get over because everything in me wanted to go. But, uh, you know, but you've got to obey. You've, you have to do what God says to do. And that means you say no to a lot of things. So my ch- I've got to finish, otherwise I told you I'll still be here till 10 o'clock and I don't want to be. It's, it's, it's not fair to do that. Let's stand this morning and I'll pray f- for you then I'll hand over to your pastor, to our pastor David. But let me just say this, investing is all about giving and we have to learn to give to the right thing. We have to learn to sow to the right thing, the, the thing that will cause life in our life as opposed to death. You know, some things don't kill us, but they don't do us any good. You know, all these reality TV things that are rubbish on TV. Some of them, they're not wrong to watch. But you ask my wife, I've not watched any of them this year. I disappear into my bedroom. Is that true? X Factor and all these junk on TV. My children love them. And I'm like, nah, bye, I'm going upstairs. They're not wrong. Not wrong at all. But what do you want to do with your time? So my question for you this morning is, Where are you going to make some choices? Where are you going to sow with your time? Where are you going to give your time? Where are you going to give your gifting, your talents? What are you going to give your resources to?